0: Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. Good afternoon. Out of work to remember to not say good morning. Please start with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example, or brothers, join in imitating me, and observe those who walk according to the pattern or example you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the, in the Lord, my beloved. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for bringing us here, gathering us here this afternoon. Thank you for raising up a man after your own heart to serve you, to lead, to shepherd the flock, to feed your sheep. I pray that you would be with us now as we study your word, that you would convict us of sin, and that you would strengthen us to live in obedience to your word. Give us faith. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a... Privilege preaching to you guys this afternoon, not just to be back here, but to be able to stand here to celebrate the ordination of Jason. Um, it's been a privilege to watch God's work in your life from the days of being a college student to a pastor's college student, to working with you in college ministry, to you getting married and making babies, to being ordained. It is, it is one of the greatest privileges of my ministry. And I'm proud and honored to be a part of it. And I want to spend our time in God's word by looking at a theme we see a lot throughout the New Testament. One we don't really spend a lot of time on, though. I'm not normally a theme guy with, you know, stacking verses of scripture together. That's kind of Stephen's job, but today it's going to be my job. Um, That theme is imitation. So we're focusing just on the first part of today's passage. We could have started just about anywhere. I picked this passage for a couple of reasons. Um, One of those reasons is that the very first sermon I preached here was on this verse. Brothers join in imitating me. It was June of 2008. Um, I had just been married for just over a year. I had a three-month-old son. I had just finished my first year of pastor's college. I was still new here at this church. I'd only been here for uh, two years, just two years. I'd only been a believer for a handful of years. Um, And I came here for a few reasons. The first reason I came here is that I'm from a broken home. I had read about what healthy biblical family should be, what it meant to be a biblical husband and father, a godly man, but I had never seen it. And I was already failing with my girlfriend at the time. Two, I had never experienced a healthy church, a healthy congregation, a healthy biblical church community. I had sought it out. I had found little tiny expressions of it. I had tried to create it on my own where I could and I had failed miserably. I'd read about it. I'd never seen it or experienced it. I'd never lived it. And third, I'd never experienced godly shepherding, biblical shepherding in my life, pastoral care. I'd sought it out. I believed that God was calling me to ministry, but I had never been shepherded myself. Not really. I'd read about what a biblical shepherd should be but I hadn't seen it. I hadn't experienced it. I knew intuitively and I had read it in the Bible that I needed to do more than just read about it. I didn't know where to look. I felt it deeply. I felt it viscerally. It's why I never got fully plugged into the parachurch ministries on campus and Campus Crusade and InterVarsity and those places. And I sought out a church community and I found families and I'd invite myself over for dinner. And I'd sit down weekly with the pastor for coffee. But I didn't I didn't get what I needed. And so God led me here. And it didn't it didn't take much. A rebuke one. And I was in. And then another couple of rebukes here and there. And then some more. And some more. No, but stop sinning with your girlfriend. Get married. Make babies. Train for ministry. We'll help. Listen to our instruction. Heed our correction. And follow our example. I needed fathers. I needed to be a son. A son who followed. The example of his fathers, who learned more by what he caught than by what he was taught. I had a good dad. I had good father figures in my life growing up. But I needed more. And so did you. So did you. And that's why you came here, too. That's all of our stories here. And that's the aim and the mission of New Geneva Academy and this church. That's what it understands fundamentally which is the biblical pattern. And once you see it in scripture, you can't unsee it. You see it in Jesus with the 12. You see it, the next time you read Luke, watch what happens. Jesus gathers the 12 to himself and then what does he do? He goes on a little little tour with the 12 and he preaches. And then what does he do? Well, after going on a tour with the 12, he, he sends the 12 out to go on the same tour. But to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And then, almost immediately, what happens? Sins of 72. Multiplication through imitation. And added to the example of Jesus, you have the example of Paul, who's always taking men and cultivating leaders and ministers. Timothy. And more than that, scripture is full of the explicit command to imitate our fathers in the faith and forefathers in the faith to set themselves as good examples for the flock. Just listen to them. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, 1-4. And we desire that each one of you demonstrate the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and endurance inherit the promises, Hebrews 6. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith, Hebrews 11. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel, Therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my teaching, of my ways, which are in Christ. Be Im- that's 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 11, one, again, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you. So that you would follow our example. And again, the call for shepherds to set the example for their flock. This time, to Timothy now, as Paul is ending his life. Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. And the classic passage for anybody's ordination, the classic ordination passage is what? 2 Timothy chapter 4, preach the word, right? What's just above that? You remember maybe all scripture is God breathed, right? And what's just above that? The lead into all of it is this You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct. My aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The life of the Christian and the life of the minister is... A life of imitation. And you could say it this way the life of the Christian, and therefore the life of the minister, is a life of imitation. It's a life not just of telling, because people need examples to follow. It's not enough to be told, we have to be shown. And that means it's not enough for you to be told, it means you have to be shown. That example is what inoculates us and protects us from being unfaithful. In the passage I just read from 2 Timothy, there's a little word there, and that word is therefore, or no, however, you, however, have followed my teaching. You, however, as opposed to the people I listed before who are false teachers and deceivers, people like Janice and John Brace and people who lead those stray, weak-willed women. The Apostle Paul exemplified this, and we can, and we should look to him as one of our chief examples. Scripture records his ministry for us for this very purpose. He's the example we have more than anyone outside of Jesus himself. He's who we follow in Acts. He's the one whose letters we have. He's the example, the pattern for what faithful ministry of a horrible sinner turned to Jesus Christ looks like. So let's do that for just a minute. Let's look at his example. Start by reading what Paul says in the passage just above where we started in Philippians chapter 3. If anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. A Jew, circumcised on the eighth day, born into God's covenant people, received the sign of of the covenant and circumcision. Not just a Jew, a Pharisee, not just a Pharisee, a student of a man named Gamaliel, which means he was the best of the best of the best. He was so zealous for the traditions of his fathers, he became a persecutor of the church. The book of Acts has this to say about him. He was ravaging the church and entering house after house he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. It says he breathed threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he was there gazing on with approval as Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was stoned to death. And then he met Jesus. And everything changed. One day he's on the road to Damascus to persecute the church. Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And within days... The man who came to Damascus to persecute Christians is let down over the city wall in a basket under the cover of darkness because his buddies are going to kill him. Brothers, join in imitating me. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish didn't stop there. The book of Acts goes on to chronicle much of Paul's post-conversion life. It records his suffering. It records the cost of his following Christ. If you're paying attention to when Paul talks about imitating him, he almost always talks about it in the context of his suffering. He provides us with a list of his sufferings in chapter, or, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 as a way of contrasting himself with false Apostles. Suffering is the mark of his authenticity as an apostle. He says, In far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, Danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? Brothers, join in imitating me. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In standing on the shore at Ephesus, preparing for the journey that would ultimately end in his execution, he stands and says this, as Paul read earlier. I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, If only I may finish my course in the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He leaves for Jerusalem. He ends up in Rome sometime later. And according to church history, they cut off his head. Brothers join in imitating me. I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself. That's the Apostle Paul. That's the example you can read about. But these passages are about more than that. They're about the examples that you've seen. You've had, Jason, the great privilege of being surrounded with and trained by faithful men. You've had good examples placed before you. You've been given many fathers. Men who have been faithful... Men who have failed, men who have suffered for their sins, but more than that, men who have suffered for the sake of righteousness. And you've benefited personally because those men, those same men, took the kinds of risks with you that often result in suffering. But in you and in each one of us, they resulted in life and fruit. And if you're going to remain faithful to the end, it will be because you have remembered those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considered the result of their conduct and imitated their faith. If you're going to set a good example for your flock, it will be because you let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, you show yourself an example of those who believe. So, brother, imitate those who have led you. And prove yourself an example to the flock. When you're weak and fearful and trembling, remember the men who came to you in their weakness and fear and trembling, and by faith said hard things and tender things. Who, by God's grace, managed for a moment to overcome their selfish, lazy desire to let you wander, And loved you to faith and health and godliness. And have faith that if you imitate their example and love your people, if you shepherd the flock of God among you, if you feed Jesus' sheep, he will use you too. And he will use you to raise up other men who follow your example. This is God's calling to you today and Bloomington Chinese Reformed Church, your calling is to be good sons and daughters, to imitate the faith and good conduct of Jason Chen, who lives among you as a man set apart by God from this day to imitate Jesus as all his fathers in the faith have done before him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the Father from whom all fatherhood gets its name. And we thank you that you sent your Son Jesus, the image of the invisible God, to save us from our sins, to restore the hearts of fathers to children and children to fathers. And we thank you that you have given us fathers in the household of faith. We pray that as Jason steps forward to receive this calling, that you would give him faith and strength for the work ahead of him. In Jesus' name, amen.